Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Hello, good morning everybody. It is great to be online. I have to admit that I'm extra grateful for online church today because I'm got the dreaded ping last night so I'm self-isolating so it's nice to see you all and to be able to um, share this morning and join in church even though I'm stuck in Bristol at the moment. Um, So today we are carrying on our series What a Friend We Have in Jesus and we're looking at John 15 but before we take a look at the passage I thought I would talk a little bit about something that I love very much which is chocolate brownies some of you may have tasted my chocolate brownies I have a really really amazing recipe which I think just makes the best chocolate brownies and yeah I'm certainly obsessed with them I love making them I love licking the bowl and recently I made a batch of these chocolate brownies and I made quite a lot of them so I thought you know I'd give some away and then I'd keep some for myself but I actually ended up keeping quite a lot for myself like more than I really needed to keep for myself and my flatmate questioned me a little bit on this and she was like oh you know you could give a few more away and my immediate reaction to this was no (laughs) I don't want to give away my chocolate brownies I want the chocolate brownies for myself I really like chocolate brownies I'm going to eat all of them (laughs) and I think she was just a little bit surprised that her you know her nice Christian flatmate didn't want to share her brownies (laughs) And I have to admit that as I was reading this passage in John 15, this chocolate brownie incident came to mind because Jesus is talking about loving one another and keeping God's commands and laying down our life for our friends. And I found myself remembering the brownies and thinking, hmm, how am I meant to lay down my life for my friends when I'm not even very good at sharing my brownies? But as we look at this passage, we will see that it isn't about our capabilities. It's about Jesus who comes to help us let go of our selfish grasp on things, whether that is chocolate brownies or something maybe a lot bigger in our lives. Um, And he shows us what obedience and sacrifice and what real love looks like. So my prayer for us this morning really is that just that God would expand our vision of his amazing love for us and the life of love that he is calling us to. So we are in John 15 today. Uh, If you have a Bible or an app on your phone, then it's John 15, 9 to 13. And again, Jesus is talking to his disciples here. Um, So we read a little bit of this last week and then we're carrying on. So it says, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. 
So the last couple of weeks, uh, we've already thought a bit about what it means to remain in God's love. Uh, Rachel used some great visual illustrations to help us understand that, you know, we easily kind of rest in God's love and are nourished by God's love. But then we go out and do stuff by ourselves and we get really tired and exhausted. And only then do we come back to God when actually we get to remain in his love and that gets to be our default. And then last week, it was last week, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> Adam was talking to us about how he can easily fall into the trap of doing things for God instead of with God. And then in today's verses, Jesus is telling us that we are to remain in his love by following his example. And I think the one of the things that has just really stood out to me as I've been kind of chewing over these verses is that he shows us that love is a whole way of life. Like it's a whole way of being. It's not just a thing that we sometimes do. It's a whole way of life. And so when we have moments like the, the chocolate brownie incident, or you might be able to think of examples recently where you've been tempted to hold on to things tightly. Actually, we need to be reminded of this bigger picture of God's love. And although this idea of keeping commands and loving each other and laying down our lives can be like really challenging to us and can feel really countercultural, I believe that Jesus wants to change our perspective on these things. Um, so if we could just have the slide up, Susie, the next one. Um, we're going to be looking at, you know, what a real life of love looks like. And this idea of love and obedience and love and sacrifice. How do those things fit together? So obedience. How do you feel about the word obedience and commands? I think when I was thinking about it, I was like, I often see love and obedience as quite separate things so on this side I think of like you know love and joy and peace and all the good nice Christian things that make me feel warm and fuzzy inside and then on this side there's like obedience and sacrifice and keeping commands and that's like that's the bit that maybe our culture sees quite negatively uh, I think we have a bit of like a I don't know almost like a bit of an allergic reaction to the idea of obedience in our society like it's it's cool to go against the grain. Individualism tells us, you know, do what you want to do, follow your heart. Like you don't need to submit to others, just do what you want. But Jesus shows us that love and obedience are actually completely intertwined. So in verse 10, uh, he says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. And when we look at what this meant in his life we see that this this call on our lives to obedience is actually a really beautiful thing it's not a scary thing or a negative thing and if you have your bible open still and you want to you can turn to john chapter five and i read these verses recently and i was just like really stunned by them and felt like i'd never really taken them in fully before uh, so in verse 19 and 20, it says, the, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. And I'm just really struck by how simple that is. Like Jesus keeps his eyes on the father. And so he does what he does. 
and the father loves the son and so he shows him what he's doing and so it's this amazing picture of loving joyful obedience and it's what Jesus has already been doing with his disciples he's been showing them what he's doing and showing them how to love and so that they can join in with him and so we see that obedience in in God's kingdom isn't about a list of rules to follow it's all about having this loving relationship and it kind of reminded me of um when I go around to Ruth and Dan's house so they often have me around on a Monday evening thank you Ruth and Dan and uh, when I arrive um it's usually dinner time and little Phoebe is running around and wanting to play games and have fun and um it's actually meant to be dinner time so you know I say okay we're gonna go and have dinner now and I sit at the table and because she wants to join in with me she follows me and she comes and sits at the table and eats and um, instead of playing like she wanted to um, and I just thought this is such a helpful picture of joyful obedience that actually when we see what the father is doing we want to join in with what he's doing it happens in a context of a friendship with God, in the context of a loving relationship. And so this isn't about earning God's love through obedience. Like we know already that we receive his love. He loves us first. And as we were reading about last week, the, the image of the vine, like we produce fruit from that place of love. And out of that place of love, we want to obey and we want to follow him and we remain in his love. And so it's this, it's this natural way of being um, that's a natural way that loving relationships work rather than it being like two totally different things. And then another thing that I think in this passage is, is just kind of turns upside down our ideas of how things work is the way that Jesus says, you know, if you keep my commands, you remain in my love. Um, and he says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And I think if you talk to the average person on the street, they probably wouldn't really think of keeping commands and joy as two things that really go together. Like, you know, the world says, do what you want and you'll be happy. But here we see that actually we find fulfillment when we follow Jesus. And Jesus is actually saying this to his disciples just before he before he dies and so this message that he is giving to them is not something to burden them but actually something to strengthen them because he wants to know wants them to know joy even though they're about to face something really really difficult and I think actually I don't know if many of you have seen The Chosen lots of people have recommended The Chosen to me um, it is a series a tv series about Jesus's life um, I've only watched the first season so far um and yeah a little bit of a side note but does anyone else really love Jesus's rucksack if they've seen it I'm just looking around to see if anyone's seen it Jesus has such a great rucksack and I really want to know whether they had rucksacks back then if you do know I would love to know I'm not sure that they did but I like the idea that Jesus had a cool rucksack but apart from that the other thing that I find really helpful about the chosen is that you can just see the joy that Jesus takes in doing what his father is doing and you can see the joy that he takes in his disciples and all their different personalities and the kind of banter that they have. And um, you can just see that he takes so much joy in loving them and showing them his father's way. And this verse that sort of keeps coming to mind as I've been thinking about this is, is another one that probably 
is a little bit strange to our culture and I think it's one of those verses that only more recently have I been like oh okay I think I get what it's saying now uh, so it's Psalm 1 and it says blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of God and who meditates on his law day and night and I think that is I don't know I think it seems quite strange anyway to me like that idea of meditating on the law um but that is what Jesus did. He fulfilled the law. He delighted in what the father was doing. And so he and so he followed him and he did what he was doing. And we get to live in that same delight. Um, and it's not like this. I don't know. I think in my head when I see that verse, I kind of see someone sitting on their bed reading through like a list of laws. But that's not what this is. It's about meditating on on the father and what he is doing and on this beautiful way of life that he calls us to. And it's kind of like when we when we know that we're in the right place at the right time. I think that's kind of how I imagine it, actually, that when we are meditating on on our father, we see what life is truly about. So remaining God's love is a call to joyful obedience and it's a call to see what the father is doing. And that's, you know, it's a whole way of life. And then briefly, just want to talk about sacrifice, because. You know, we've talked about how joy and fulfillment comes with remaining in God's love. But laying down our lives for others is really hard. And Jesus never promises his disciples that they're going to have an easy life. Like he's, he has warned them that it's going to be hard and they're going to face persecution and troubles. Um, and I'm sure lots of us here will already be able to say that living a life of real love is, is not always a breeze. <laughs> But I think part of the problem maybe is that our, our culture tends to glamorize love and particularly romantic love. I'm quite a fan of a good rom-com. Anyone else like a good rom-com? Oh yeah, few hands. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> um, and you know, there might be ups and downs in these rom-coms, but at the end of the film, there's always like a nice montage with happy music and lots of like nice shots of them looking happy. And yeah, that's lovely. Um, but the, the moral of the story is usually something along the lines of, you know, you need to find happiness for yourself, find love for yourself. But actually the love that Jesus invites us into is like it requires sacrifice, but it's so much bigger and better and way more real than any little montage. <laughs> at the end of a rom-com film. And Jesus shows us that love is not this airy-fairy thing. It's just not, it's not just about, you know, being nice to someone else. It's about valuing others and honoring them and lifting others up. And, and that does involve sacrifice. And Jesus is telling his disciples this just before he lays down his life for them like very literally on the cross but he's already been doing this throughout his ministry and if you just like turn back a few chapters you'll see that um, he's actually raised Lazarus from the dead and when he goes to raise Lazarus from the dead he knows that he is going to be risking his life he knows it's a dangerous thing to do um, and it is at, at that point when he raises Lazarus from the dead that the teachers of the law start plotting to kill him. And I think Lazarus is a really great example of Jesus's love for his friends. And maybe this is just me, but I find it really easy to forget that Jesus had really 
good deep friendships like he wasn't just teaching and doing miracles like he had real friendships with these people and he had a real friendship with Lazarus and he actually lays down his life for Lazarus and when he goes to the tomb there's that famous verse where it says Jesus wept and those who were around him say you know see how he loved him and when we when we read those verses actually we we can know that actually that can be said about us. We are Jesus's friends. Like see how he loves you. Like see how he loves us. Uh, he lays down his life for us on the cross. And that is that amazing sacrificial love is the love that we get to live in. And I know that lots of us will have heard that lots and lots of times before. I know I've heard it lots of times before, but I think we just need to keep hearing it because when we look at how amazing the love of Jesus is, we can start to let go of our selfish grasp on things. And, you know, my brownies might be good. If you've tasted my brownies, I hope you think they're good. <laughs> but Jesus's love is so much better than anything in this world. And it, Jesus sets a high standard in this passage. He says, you know, love each other as I have loved you like I often think like wow that's impossible how are we how are we to do that and I think the disciples spent quite a lot of time saying you know that's impossible like how are we to do these things that Jesus says what is impossible with man is possible with God and that is why Jesus tells us to remain in his love because although you know our culture can tell us that we have to hold on tightly to what we have you know it can function from a bit of a scarcity mindset and we only have so much love to give away and we should only really love people who deserve it like our you know our family our closest friends but Jesus tells us something completely different like we might be finite beings but we have access to infinite love so when he says remain in my love he is inviting us into you know, the love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which is, you know, eternal and infinite and unshakable and completely perfect. And that is the kind of love that we are invited into. And yes, you know, we, we need to have boundaries in our life. We are finite beings. We need rest. I definitely need my, my introvert time. Um, Jesus had limited time and energy, but he never had limited love. He always had compassion. And so we don't have to live with this scarcity mindset, this idea that we only have like a certain amount of love to give. Um, we don't just, you know, do our good deed for the day and then we're like, okay, we can chill now. Like Jesus says to love your neighbor, to love your enemy and, and to lay your life down for them. And that is just such a mind blowing view of love. Um, that is what real love is like. And it's so much bigger than anything that um, we can imagine. And we are invited into that. So in a minute, we are going to take communion together in our breakout rooms. And, you know, the disciples ate at the table with Jesus. And he invites us to, he invites us to be united with him and with each other through his death and his resurrection. And communion is really a, it's a visible reminder of this call to live in the way of love, 
um, to be part of what God has done and what he is doing. So, yeah, so we're not, we're not going to discuss any questions this morning, but we're just going to pray together after you've taken communion. Um, ask him to, you know, root you in his love, to bring you joy. Um, pray for our vision to be broadened, for our eyes to be opened, so, so that we can see the beauty of Jesus' love for us, um, his friends, and that we would allow that love to just permeate every area of our life so that we can act like him, so we can love others like him. And if you are someone who has never received God's love before and today is a day that you can turn and follow him. Um, so if that is you, um, you can join in with this prayer as well. But please do get in touch with us um, and we'd love to talk to you and help you as you begin this journey and pray with you. Um, if you want to do that, it's hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. And yeah, we'd be really excited to pray with you. Um, so I'll just pray for us and then we'll go into breakout rooms for communion and, and prayer together. Thank you, Jesus, so much that you have shown us real love. Thank you that you have shown us what it means to live a life of obedience and sacrifice and joy. Thank you that that is the love that you are calling us into, that we get to live in that love every single day of our lives. Yeah, Lord, we're sorry for, for those times where we have selfishly held on to things. Lord, help us to let go of those things. Help us to just see how much greater your love is than anything else. Yeah, Lord, permeate our lives with, our, with your love. Help us to, to know your joy as we follow you, as we lay down our life for others. Lord, we, yeah, we want to be like you and we want to remain in your love. Thank you, Jesus.